Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. It's amazing how inconvenient it can be to take a shower. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. You know, I love a list. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Everybody go put everything back in the garage. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I figured some stuff out today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And Amy, today we figured something out. Awesome. I'm glad. One thing. I mean, we've done a couple of kind of, oh no, pandemic doom episodes (laughs) recently, which is fine because that is how we're feeling and we're here to validate and honor that, Amy. Yes, but it's time for an easy win. But I have recently developed a system for feeding my family that is really working for me. And I thought to myself... This must be something that other people are feeling. This sense that like, I'm not good at a lot of things, but this is actually working better for me than the other things. I figured something out. And I mean, I'm sure many will occur to me, but yeah, like you seem excited to share. Go ahead. I mean, it's not that thrilling, guys. Just manage your expectations. But basically, once I figured this out, then I went to the Facebook page and said, what have you guys figured out? So we'll be discussing all of this, but I will start with mine. So... For a long time, Amy, I had to deny myself the simple joys of Costco shopping. Oh, yeah. I've never been to Costco. I used to shop at Costco when I had three kids under four because it was the cheapest place to get diapers and wipes. But then, because I have very poor impulse control, I would get to the checkout and they'd be like, that will be $785. Literally, one time I spent over $700 at a Costco trip. Yep. Because what happens? You're there and you're like, I've always wanted to try that kind of toothbrush. And look, it's only blah, blah. You know, it's only $55. And you do that 10 times in Costco and you're doomed. Yeah. And so I had to cut myself off from Costco. Now I have three kids who are 12, 10, and 9, and I'm feeding them so much food that I thought I better go back to Costco. All the food. Yeah. All the food. So, but I'm not a good cook and I'm not a great food manager. And so I was concerned that I would not be able to handle, that I was, again, not able to handle Costco. And so I do, I go to Costco with a friend and we kind of keep each other, we're accountability partners at Costco. (laughs) And so that has helped me as well, because I don't end up being like, yes, I do want to try that everything popcorn and then you get 400 (laughs) bags of it. Okay. All this to say, my new system is this. I go to the meat section and their meat is like vacuum sealed, like 
two chicken breasts together and then like a disc of ground beef. That's like enough ground beef picture to like make one lasagna. But it's all vacuum sealed separately. My new meal system is pick a protein. So I have a whole fridge filled with one night's worth of protein. And then I just like tonight I'm going to make a pork tenderloin. I have tubes of ginger and garlic and tubes of like some of the like cooking spices. Okay. And then I have a thing of vegetables. And then I go and I just Google a recipe that involves that protein. And I keep looking until I find one that I have all the basic ingredients, understanding that I can always swap like broccoli for zucchini, whatever. And that's dinner. And it's like dinner is always in my freezer. It's like I have a little supermarket at home that I go to and I pick the thing and I cook it. Do you have a second refrigerator? I had not had a second refrigerator when I started the system. And it was, you do have to manage a little bit. For example, don't buy waffles in bulk. Waffles are not that expensive. And the bulk box takes up your whole freezer. So I was working with a two-sided freezer and I had an entire section that was just me and I would just go through my proteins and then you pull them out, you put them in hot water, it's defrosted and you like can throw it all in the Instant Pot and have dinner together in 20 minutes. I'm loving my system. I like this system. It's so working for me. I have a slightly related, I figured something out about the freezer that I'll just throw in as an addendum to this. Please do. You need to have freezer room. And as you say, like chicken breasts don't take up that much room. No, but the problem is if you have that system of just opening the freezer and just pushing in the stuff that you've bought on top of the mystery bags of what's already in there. No good. It is worth the time to pull it all out and, you know, and stack it up and make room, but make a list. I now have a list. Finally, I figured this out in the last couple of months of what's in the freezer. Great idea. I do it as well. I've got like a pack of lamb chops. I have this. And then you just cross stuff out as you go along. And it's because you're shocked all of a sudden how much food you don't have to go to the grocery store. You have 11 kinds of stuff in the freezer, but you just have forgotten it's there. And I sort of make myself work down what's on that list before I buy anything else. And all of a sudden, you've got plenty of food around and plenty of room in your freezer too, P.S. This is exactly, you figured it out before me. This is exactly what I figured out is the thing of like the heaviness of Sunday, I need to make a list for the week and then go get all the things and then da, 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 and then I'm not in the mood for it. This is a little bit more like shopping my freezer and it's really helped <laughs> yes. me. Like I can open it up and say like, I feel like something kind of Asian-y. I have pork, I have chicken and I have wings. Those things would all taste good Asian-y. Let me now... Google some recipes, no shame in your game if this is how you roll. But I have given up on the idea that I'm a person who will meal prep. I understand the amazing allure of spending several hours on a Sunday chopping up vegetables and having everything ready. And then just like you're like a cooking show, you just dump your different things in the dish and you're ready to go. This is like two steps down from that on the complication difficulty ladder. And it's really working for me. You know, the list thing, it occurs to me, you know, I love a list. And when my oldest, who's uh, not a picky eater anymore, he eats everything in the house, but he used to be a very picky eater. And something that worked for me was to make a list. I actually started this when my brother, I was taking care of my brother for the weekend. I have a brother who's 19 years younger than me. My parents are going out of town and I was, you know, maybe 22 and in charge of the three-year-old for the weekend. It's the only good thing about having kids 19 years apart, built-in babysitting. Yeah, exactly. So I was in charge, you know, he ate four things. And so I made a list, you know, if my name is Michael, here are the things I 
like to have for lunch or dinner. And I made a list and he was three. And of course, he was fascinated by what was on this list and was fascinated in adding to the list so that by the time my parents came back, there were actually a couple of new things he had decided to add. Having that list around of here's what's in the freezer. Here are the 10 things my kid likes for dinner. It just front work that saves you in the end. Yeah. It saves you so much time. It saves you 10 minutes a day to have spent 20 minutes doing it once. Another thing that people talked about on the Facebook page, I have never heard of this before, but many people suggested and many people were shouting it out when they did. Rochelle says, meal matrix. I plan my meals for the month at a time because it's so easy because I have a theme each day. Monday is sandwiches. Tuesday is one pot. Wednesday is breakfast for dinner. Thursday around the world. Friday pizza takeout. Saturday (laughs) snack board leftovers and Sunday pasta. I want to come for around the world night and snack board leftovers night. Those both sound delicious. I want to be there for breakfast or dinner (laughs) night. Deborah had a similar, but hers rotation is soup, pasta, salad, grain, sandwich, potato. It's potato night or those are... I wasn't really clear about that. Maybe you have potatoes. (laughs) What kind of potato are you having? Uh, I don't know exactly what you do. Maybe it's potato based, gnocchi. I don't know. Your system is your system. The point is you have a system. But I think that what we're talking about in the big picture, what these people have figured out, and this applies across categories, is something that we talked about with the lazy genius, decide once. And this is something, Yes. even when she was talking about it, I was having a little trouble. Talk a little bit, Amy, about decide once, like how you do it with kids' gifts, baby gifts. Well, yeah. So she actually... Just recently, uh, the Lazy Genius had this up on Instagram, and there were hundreds of responses, and I threw ours in there, too. If you decide something once, then you don't have to spend time wondering what's for dinner on Sundays, because every Sunday you make you know the noodles with the chicken and broccoli on top. So my decide once is that I always have the same baby gift. If I'm sending somebody a baby gift, it's always the same thing. It's a monogram sweater from the monogram store. <laughs> I call them up. You know, I'm on the phone with them for 20 seconds at this point, because they know my what color I want, what size I want. I just have to give them the kids name and the address. They have my credit card done. And it just works for me. And the more things you can decide about once, the more more time you have for other important things. It's such a good construct for me because this is exactly the kind of thing that I'm not good at. I was aided by this when the toy store in our town went out of business. And now every kid, every birthday, everybody gets a book from the bookstore because that's what's left in town to buy kids gifts at. And it's kind of fun for kids to go pick a book too. You know, I mean, sometimes we do gift cards, but sometimes my kids go in and pick, oh, you know, my friend really likes this and she would love this book about that, whatever it is. And it's also our local bookstore. It's nice to support them. And also like if the kid doesn't like it, it says where it's from right now. They can just walk in with no receipt and trade it out for something else. But that idea of deciding once, Tiffany says when she cleans, she follows the same process every time. It makes it go smoother if I have a set plan and know what comes next each time. And sometimes I hear these things because I am congenitally disorganized that I'm like, uh, that sounds like a lot, but it's so much easier because what I do is I clean my bedroom for 10 minutes. I make no progress. And now it's worse than it was before the next day. I don't have a process. And so it always feels like a frenzy, like putting some parameters around it actually makes it easier. That is the problem about cleaning a messy room is that it will for a short time become more messy, right? Before it becomes less messy. 
It's a hassle. <laughs> yeah, we tried to do the garage this weekend, and man, five of us taking everything out of the garage. And then, of course, you get tired, and at 6 o'clock at night, I'm like, everybody go put everything back in the garage, because it was all over our lawn, you know? Right. Now you have, you spilled your mess, yeah, everywhere. No, you need to lean into this stuff. But I like to set a timer when I'm cleaning a room. I like to, like, make it a game for myself, like, or, I don't know. I'm going to get this all done by the end of this podcast episode that I'm listening to. I'm going to, you know, make myself do this for the next 10 minutes. Something about setting that timer for myself. A lot of people have talked about timers as their thing. Even for me, it helps me get past like, oh, I really don't want to organize this closet, but I'm just going to do it for 20 minutes and see if I can beat the clock. Yeah. Going back briefly to deciding once, because these are two other versions of it that I hadn't really thought of that both spoke to me. One, Christy says, and I think this is great because sometimes the like soup and then salad and the da da da, it seems like a lot. I'm speaking to all the people like me who like, that seems like a lot. That seems like a lot. Christy just says it's Taco Tuesday. So like that's one night that doesn't change. We have pizza ripcord. And so there's always one night we pull the pizza ripcord. And so I know any day I get overwhelmed is pizza night. You know, today I have something that like just came up that I have to go do and we'll just get pizza. That's our pizza. It's like, I don't, and it eliminates guilt for me of like, oh no, pizza, I failed. And the thing about meal planning too, is I think I at first leaned into this, like, and there will be endless variety. And then we'll have, you know, Polynesian chicken pot on March 1st, and then we won't have it again until June 17th. That's sort of how the family circle stuff gets you to do it, like endless variety. And I've discovered with my three kids, two of whom are huge eaters, that they actually, they're not, they're kind of fine with the same 10 meals, you know, like the meatballs and garlic bread and the pesto pasta with chicken, like it's meal planning and you don't need a ton of variety. And the kids are very happy with that. Like they're psyched when it's pesto pasta with chicken night, even though we just had it 10 days ago. And it's always in the refrigerator. That's the thing is, I think the idea of endless variety and so many people talked about this. Julie talked about this. Yes. Lowering your expectations about what's for dinner. You don't have to always be like, tonight it's pheasant under glass night. Like, it's fine. that Like, we had spaghetti and meatballs every Wednesday for 15 years when I was growing up. Yes. And you were like, yes, it's spaghetti and meatballs night. And I was like, yes, finally, it's meatballs now. I don't have to eat weird stuff, you know? <laughs> One other thing in the decide once category is Rebecca talked about the baseball backpack. Okay. My kids both play baseball, which thankfully just restarted here in Los Angeles. I have a baseball backpack. I keep it stocked with snacks, sunscreen, a folding fan for heat, basically everything they need on baseball days. Someone also talked to me about this back in the day. Amy, remember when you and I used to travel and go put on shows and go to conferences (laughs) and talk to people about podcasting? Yeah, sure I do. Kind of. I kind of remember. It's a distant memory, but I have a friend who's a reporter and she travels everywhere for everything. I mean, again, she used to. And it was, you know, here's the story. Go, go, go. And she's like, just buy a second set of emery, buy a second tube of mascara, buy a second thing of moisturizer. Yep. Keep a bag packed with like two pairs of yoga pants and then one nice outfit. Like it blew my mind. Like, oh, that's right. For probably maybe $200, I could recreate everything. And then you come home, you repack that bag and you're packed for your next trip. Yeah, it blew my mind when another mom explained to me that you could just have an airplane bag that has three sets of headphones for the plane or whatever that don't come out of that bag. They just live in that bag and the bag gets hung up in the closet for next time. I was like, what? It really helps. Yeah. And it seems like it would be a hugely expensive undertaking, like you're buying a whole new set of clothes. No, it's like, just get like a nice blouse, a nice pair of slacks. And then you can always throw in your favorite thing at the last minute, but basically the bag stays packed. Love it. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new 
baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Hyawas created the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need, and yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Amy, can I lead us in with a big I figured it out? This is like I figured out something in my life. Wow. Okay. It's a big one. We're not talking about like keep the laundry dryer sheets by the laundry. (laughs) This is like I figured it out. And this is old lady advice, but I know that we have a lot of people who listen who are much younger than us. So hopefully this old lady advice is actually helpful to them. Today is the best day. This is nothing is getting better. Wow. And live as if that is true. And then if things get better, great. But I feel like as I really connect with middle age, I realize that the most wasted time I spent in my life was I will be happier when I fit back into my old jeans. Things will be better when my kid really starts clicking at school. Things will be better when... I don't have this fight with my husband anymore that we keep having. That John Lennon, I used to always sing um, Beautiful Boy to my kids. And the line in the song is, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. And like, this is my old lady. I figured it out. Think to people, life is what happens every day. Hopefully, if things are bad for you, something will change. But like, I don't know if it's going to change. So like whatever weight you are, buy something that looks beautiful on you and wear it. And if you want to work at your weight and you want to do that, that's great. Like 
whatever difficulty your child is having, if you want to get specialists involved and try and blah, 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 but like, don't live being that you'll be happy when something else happens. When it's resolved. Or like my husband was just telling me, we were having coffee together and before the kids woke up, which isn't something that's awaiting you guys on the other side, someday your kids will still be asleep and you'll be up with your husband having coffee or tea. And he said, you know, this week is really crazy for me. But then after that, it cheated ease up a little bit. <laughs> and we've been married for 20 years. I'm like, oh, so this is the week that that's going to be true for the first time, that this week is really tough, but then it's going to be fine after that. He's been telling me that for a quarter century at this point. It's never, and I, you know, lovingly push back on that. Like, I don't think that's true. You've told me that a lot. And there's, it's always next week, things will be easier. No, your life is the life, the choices that you're making right now, that is your life. Yeah. You're right. My husband's version of this is magical thinking around like, let's not plan a vacation until we can have the perfect, you know, next year we're going to have more money and we're going to be able to do it right. It's like, let's just go to a dumb cabin that we can barely afford now. Because, <laughs> I mean, my husband and I both work in industries that we constantly kind of have a little bit of that, like our ship is about to come in. And we've now been doing this for 13 years together. Like every year we're like, well, next year though, your business will have sold to Bill Gates. And there is, I feel like when we were first married, we were always on this plan of like, next year, when we have money, that's when things will be good. And I do think that we've done a good job of having a good time in the meantime, but like, live with your reality today. And I think for women, sometimes it's, oh, you know, I don't like that picture of me. You know, when you will like that picture of you 10 years from today, that's when you will think you look great in that picture. And yeah, I think if I could take the I figured it out chip out of my brain and put it in other people's brain, it would be this thing of like, it's not going to get easier next week. It's not to be discouraging. You understand what I'm saying. Not to be like, this is as good as it gets. But like, yeah, maybe it is better than you think. And like your now is what you should be enjoying. Not the now that is when things get better. Right. When I finally get to inbox zero, then I'm going to live a life of ease. There'll never be (laughs) inbox zero. It's not out there, guys. We're old and we're here to tell you, enjoy what you've got. Catherine has an easier thing, I think, a a slightly less uh, lofty philosophical thing. Might be an unpopular opinion, but we leave things where we use them, not where they should go. For example, she leaves her daughter's hairbrush by the couch because she brushes her hair while she watches YouTube. (laughs) Is it on the couch? See, that would bother me. Like, can I hide it like under the couch? Oh, no, no. You could put like an end table next to the couch with the hairbrush in it. Yes. This is one of those simple fixes that like, this is another thing about really engaging with the reality of your life that sometimes you're like, it's always chaos in the morning. It's always chaos in the morning. And for us, I would say 80% of the chaos involved where people's shoes were. So When you break down this feeling of like, it's always this, sometimes you find a solution. So we have put a specific shoe area right by the front door. And before you go to bed at night, you have to put your shoes there. 
Is it 100% foolproof? It's not. It's <laughs> definitely not. I'll tell you what would improve that for you, Margaret, if you just took off your shoes as soon as you came in the house. How very dare you, Amy. And you throw them. We have two shoe bins in our front hall. You know, like as soon as you walk in, two giant bins, the shoes get thrown in there the second you walk in, and then they're there when you're going to walk out. Of course, that would involve not wearing shoes in the house. <laughs> so that's, yeah, if you wear shoes around your house, then they get kicked off and... Amy, what do you think about this figured it out? Amelia has jobs for days of the week. Sunday and Wednesday are bath night. So if we forget one week, at least the kids are clean. I'm starting this. That makes a lot of sense. My kids are old enough now that they're in charge of their own bath schedule for better or worse. But I think this makes a lot of sense because it's that non-negotiable thing helps with your kids too. Like Wednesday night's bath night. I know you don't want to take it, but it's bath night. What can I say? It says Wednesday. It really helps with little kids. I need to reinstitute this in my life because <laughs> we, as I talked about at some point, the dream that we would eventually get a hot tub for my house. And I'm very pleased to say that we got a hot tub nice. at the end of the year last year. And we are loving the hot tub. I have to say it was the greatest. It was, you know, an investment, but it was the kind of thing that we've gotten so much use out of it. It's ridiculous. In fact, we have to get the water cleaned down it. And the guy was like, oh, you should clean it, you know, drain it and redo it every, you know, four to five months. And after two months, we brought the water in to be tested. And he was like, uh, how often are you using this hot tub? And I was like, uh, like four times a day. And he just started <laughs> laughing. He's like, okay, you have to drain it every month then because you people are weirdos. You live in a hot tub. In case you guys are wondering how Margaret managed to sneak a secret hot tub past her children, you told them what it was a new hot water heater or something. What did you tell them? So we ended up being able to get it around the holidays. And so we decided to make it the family gift for Christmas, which was a little bit of a cheat because it was just really for me. I wanted one. <laughs> We've talked about this in case you've missed it. I am only happy when I'm in hot water and I live in a house that has no bathtubs. And so... I have been dreaming of having a hot tub for years and years, and we've saved our pennies, and we have this hot tub, and it was going to arrive December 22nd. And so we told the kids we were getting a new hot water heater put in, and we had it all set up outside. It's got a cover on it, so you can't see it. And one of my nieces came over, and she said, oh, my God, you got the hot tub. And I said, oh, shh, shh, it's a surprise for the kids. And she was like, no offense, but are your kids morons? There's a hot tub I'm in the yard. How they, not? they were like <laughs> frolicking around it. And I was like, oh, my kids have no curiosity about anything that happens in this house. And so I said, don't touch that thing. It's a new hot water heater. And they just ignored it. And then we opened it on Christmas morning, and it was paradise. There was much rejoicing. Oh, all of this to say, though, Amy, that we are in the hot tub so often that I we have developed the problem that the kids no longer bathe at all, basically. And so because they're like, it's like kind of like when we're in the summer, we cheat the pool like it was a bath kind of, you know? Yeah, I'm all for that, by the way. It's like I was already wet today. And so I have to go back to Sunday and Wednesday bath shower nights because the hot tub somehow tricks you into thinking you're clean. We really are disgusting. Like this morning, I went to kiss my kid on the head and I was like, wow, your hair smells really, really big because they don't put their heads underneath. It's Anyway, we're gross <laughs> animals and I apologize, but thank you for this tip, Amelia. We are going back to regular nights for showers because it's amazing how inconvenient it can be to take a shower. By the time you get homework done and we try to do it eight o'clock bedtime, I don't know. 
Just the day goes quick. Right. So you make it Tuesday, Thursday or, you know, whatever it is. It's Thursday shower time and give it a name and give it a song and give it a, right? Yeah. Give it a little ritual and off they go. Love it. Claire has one I really like. She says she keeps sort of a mental note of how long it takes her to do chores. So if she has five minutes where it doesn't make sense to sit down, she kind of knows what she can get done and what she can't. If something's going to take too long, then she puts it off till later. For example, she says loading the dishwasher takes me seven minutes if the sink is full. So I know I can do that while the coffee is brewing or the tea is boiling. That way the dishes are in the washer, sink is empty, and then I have my coffee. I do this for sure. I decided a long time ago that I was never going to do the kind of stuff when the kids weren't around that I could do when the kids were around. Yeah, that's such a good tip. So the loading and unloading the dishwasher, save that for when they walk in from school, right? Save that from when it's snack time in the high chair. Don't do it when they're napping or when you have time to yourself. Those sort of half pay attention chores, let the kid help you, obviously. But yeah, make sure you know which ones you need full concentration for and which ones you can do two things at the same time and save those, batch those. I feel like our theme of this section of figuring it out is actually all the same, which is be very, very truthful about what's really going on in your house because that helps you a lot. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like, oh, I have to clean the kitchen and that's going to take all afternoon and I don't feel like it because I don't have the energy. But if you take a little time, I've never done this, what you said and what Claire said, kind of time yourself one time and realize like, okay, the kitchen takes half an hour to clean. And I have a half an hour here, here and here. And therefore, I can choose when to do it. Not letting the story become the kitchen is always dirty, always a nightmare. It always takes forever. That if I was able to say, I can clean the entire kitchen really well in a half an hour, then I might be able to say a good time to do that tomorrow would be in this half an hour of time. Yes. Because I tend to feel like it's one o'clock. I have to pick the kids up at three. There's no point in doing anything. I don't have any time. I have started time blocking. I mean, you know, like I'm crazy with lists and stuff, but I've actually started planning out my week in general, but my day, like the night before. And then, okay, from nine to 10, I'm going to do this. And then from 10 to 1030, I do have that window to hop on the bike, whatever it is. Sounds like more work, but you kind of can't lie to yourself that you have no time to exercise. You did. And it was here, here and here. And then you do it or not. And it's not like I have to stick to my schedule. It's a sort of like optimistic outlook for the day. But it helps you look at this is what I have to do. And this is the time I have to do it in. And sometimes it works the other way too. Like I told this person that I'd get this delivered to them by the end of the week. Not going to happen. Yeah. It's just, I don't see where that's going to happen this week unless I take out these other things or alternately I need to write back to them and say, I need another week. I guess it's the same thing. Like just be very clear-eyed about what's in your freezer, what's in your day, right? What you have time to do and what you don't. Be truthful with yourself. That's what we've learned. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. And now, things we definitely have not figured out and never will figure out. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. How the socks get left on the floor right next to the hamper. Like, you were so close. How I can spend $300 at the grocery store and still end up with a family complaining there's nothing to eat. Whether I'm supposed to click on the poles on the caption picture or just the streetlights. Exactly what my kid's teacher means by chunking. Roblox. Just everything about it. Why I eat my kids' leftover chicken nuggets while standing up in the kitchen even though they are disgusting. Why my kids think watching other kids' opening toys on YouTube is entertaining. How my husband can rewire the entire house to put in a deluxe sound system but can't figure out how to braid a seven-year-old's hair. This has been Things We Definitely Have Not Figured Out and Never Will Figure Out. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Listen, a lot of these things are back to once, friends. My dad is a golfer and he always jokes that he comes home and he's like, I figured out golf. It's been elusive to me, but I've got it now. I figured out that if I hold my hip still and I twist this way. And the joke is like, he's going to go out tomorrow and it's not going to work, you know? Yes. I've been playing tennis again. I haven't done it in a long time, but we have nice like uh, municipal courts right next door. And my this is something I figured out. Don't play tennis when you're my age against your 23-year-old niece. I couldn't walk for like four days. (laughs) But my niece is around now. It's a nice COVID activity. We're outside. We're doing it. It's been fun. But every point in tennis, I'm like, oh, that's right. That's how you play because I'll get one good shot. And then the next four are horrible. Like you really can't figure this stuff out. It's a learning process. But this is a tip that I like from April. My husband and I both work until the job is done. Oh, April, we need you to come tutor us at our house. What? (laughs) What is this like, April? If one of us is cooking, the other one is cleaning dishes, helping the kids. Our goal is to be done with all the regular housework and kid stuff by the bedtime so we can collapse in the living room and watch Netflix. But man, working until the job is done is such a good thing to do. But it is uh, my tragic flaw. I mean, everybody in my house wanders away when the kitchen (laughs) is like 75%, right? There's just a few pots left to scrub. Good enough. And even I do too, of course, we all do that. No, my husband is the dish guy. And so I kind of, we talk about having realms and I think of the kitchen as my husband's realm because as we know, I am very grossed out by dishes. I would rather do anything else in the house. So he does the dishes generally. But then four or five days in, I'll walk in and 
I'm crunching my way across the floor because I am walking on like half-eaten nacho chips all over the floor because <laughs> he does the dishes and then he leaves and it's like, okay, right, we got to get back. And I'm 10 times worse. Like I start, I'll fold half of a load of laundry. I mean, it's terrible. If I could do April's work until the job is done, my whole life would change. But the part about this that I think is really good is that they have a common goal, like we're going to get this done so that by the time the kids are in bed, we're really done. And that's a common goal with a sort of, it's a little bit of that timer thing. Like it's a little bit of a game. Like, can we get this all done in time to, you know, sit down at 10 after eight and watch Netflix? Enjoy our Netflix. And then you say this all the time. I don't have this as much. I don't think as other people that like, you're much more relaxed if it's done and you're watching Netflix. Yes. Yes. I have a hard time looking over at the messy kitchen. No, I wouldn't know what that's like to look over at the kitchen and see it not done. You can't do it. I will bang those pots with increasing resentment and not sit down until 930 if that's what it has to you know, You can't leave a dirty kitchen. I do not have this problem, which is why my house looks like my house does and your house looks like your house does. Like I do not have this problem. The open plan living thing, you know, I think is better as a concept than as a COVID pandemic reality. Yeah, we all need to figure out that open plan living. Like if you can see the whole house from one room, it's not good. Don't you think we're going to totally swing back the other way and like house designs in 10 years are going to be... It's going to be like little mouse houses and like (laughs) little... Like one house will be like everyone has their own tiny house and then there's a kitchen in the middle where you gather. (laughs) Yes. Wouldn't you love that? I would. I would love that. A little mouse house just for me. It would be heavenly. Shivanchi, like you, likes a checklist. And I have found, I have a new system on this too. This is my part three, figuring it out. I have had a lot of systems and Amy is very patient with me because I am quite disorganized. And so when we're trying to run a business together, I am usually the person who's like, what? There's a what today? And it's like, there's the thing we've been planning for several months. We're just getting stuff done. I have now found that I keep at my workstation one pad. It's just a little notepad. And that every day gets its own thing. I flip it every day. And then I put my new to-do list. Anything that's not done from the day before goes on the next page. Yeah. There's a lot of rewriting. Yeah. (laughs) And it's fine. But it's fine that it travels. Because if it's done, it's crossed out. Otherwise, it travels. I've had online systems. Amy and I have eight or 10 different, you know. Many online systems. Online, let's work together systems. This is the system that I have found right now that works for me, which is I have to know my day every day. Yeah. And everything goes on there from like pick up the kids to anything. I also use reminders on my phone and then I do use that for my list, which somebody says, Hey, can you find out, you know, who's interested in still staying in the Boy Scout den next month? I'll say yes. And then I try to just pick up my phone and put it in my reminders because that's where I get in trouble. I'm always like, yeah, sure. Great. No problem. And then I just never think of it again. Yeah, I I write everything down or I use this app called Workflowy and I have that on my phone and on my laptop. So I'll just put something in Workflowy right away or send myself an email. Yeah, I don't like to have to keep track of what I have to do. I just like there to be lists and the copying it over and over again, like make the calls about the party for June. I keep writing it over and over again, which annoys me, but it also like that annoying me means that I will eventually do that task that I'm clearly procrastinating on because I have to keep rewriting it on the next day's tasks. Yeah. Or I need to make time for it. Well, it also, it's a bit of a reckoning if you've rewritten it 17 times. Right. This is another thing I've figured out though. And Amy and I talk about this a lot in terms of work. Allow yourself to learn what you're not going to do. 
Like, Mm. I find that we have had a lot of conversations at work that we should, let's say, for example, I'm trying to think of an example that has nothing to do with what we actually do. We should start a kids camp called What Fresh Hell, the kids camp and (laughs) invite kids to spend the summers there with us. And then the other person will be like, yes, that's a great idea. Let's do it. We're yes-anders, right? We're comedians from way back. So this is not a real thing, by the way. I'm making a joke. But like, I'm just trying to think of an example. Like, I come up with that idea. Amy says, yes, we should do that. And then we have, you know, we try to have a little, you know, whatever work meeting, big work meeting, big picture ideas once a month. If eight months in to having those meetings, we never get any closer to having a kids camp that we're going to host over the summer. That is a good example to me. That is a lesson to me that that is something we don't actually really want to do. Yeah. And so this is the kind of thing where like, I need to learn to love cooking. If you've been at it for five years, maybe you're just a family that has five simple meals constantly in the rotation. As long as it involves basically like a vegetable, a protein, like basic nutrition, that's fine. You don't ever have to be a person who loves doing that. I have a lot. My mother was a beautiful knitter. I know a lot of people in my family do beautiful crafts. And I have a little bit of a thing of like, I should do crafts. And I find that I take up four or five different things. I have just learned the lesson that crafts are not my thing. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I was hit by a lightning bolt this week when I read in some newsletter or other, I forget who it even was who said it, but it said, Something can be a good idea, but not a good idea for you. Oh, say it again. Say it loud. Say it proud, Amy. Something can be a really good idea, but still not be a good idea for you. Oh, if you figure nothing else out, man, that is such a life lesson right there. Mm -hmm. So like the Polynesian chicken pot cooking is a good idea. The endless variety, you only have the same dinner once every 90 days. But if it doesn't work for you, then it's okay. Put down at least the like, gee, I really wish I knit more baby booties. If that's just not a good idea for you, maybe it isn't. And understand that we now live in a connected world. Like a hundred years ago, you were only aware of what the people on your block were doing. And likely on your block, there was an amazing mom who made you feel bad and then a crazy mom who made you feel good. Now we live in a world where like you are exposed to everything everyone on earth is doing and you're constantly being told like, you know, in France, the kids sit nicely at the table at 10 p.m. and they eat whatever they're served. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) My kids don't do that. And, you know, and then you're also kind of being exposed to like, look at this hot mess mom who did this horrible thing. And we all get to be like, ha ha, she's terrible. And none of those things are actually good for us. No. I left behind Shivanji's checklist. She says she gets a checklist in the morning. I have a kid who, especially during COVID times, they got rid of lockers. He's been having a really hard time with having what he needs. Their kids are like snails in our town. They carry a backpack with a full laptop, a charger, all these textbooks. I mean, it's insane. They're like, you see these little kindergartners and they're like literally like wobbling back and forth. And they don't have, you know, they have cheapo laptops that weigh 15 pounds. You know, they don't, they don't wear, you know, they don't have the some sleek iBook that doesn't, you know, that weighs four ounces. You're right. I never thought of that. A checklist is another example of scaffolding too. This is a way to help your kid help themselves. So my kid who was forgetting everything every morning, then it's becoming a fight between me and him. Well, well, you didn't remind me. Well, it's not my job to remind you, you know, back and forth and back and forth. 
And we put up a checklist by the front door and he has to go through the checklist every morning. And then if he forgets something, the next morning I do it again with him. Because this is another back to one thing. He doesn't see the checklist and now he never forgets anything. He looks at the checklist and he's like, oh yeah, I've got it all. And then if he comes home and he's like, I got in trouble, let's go back to the checklist. Now we'll do it together. Do you have everything? And it's going to be an ongoing process. Yeah. And again, like the list on the wall, you would think as kids get older, they get resistant to it. And they might sometimes, but in the end, it's more useful. We have one for like, if I have a soccer game, here's everything I need. My cleats, my shin guards, my water bottle, right? And I have older kids and that checklist is still there because there's an ease in that. Like what I think I've finally helped my kids learn is if you just look at the list, I have a checklist for when I travel. Do I have my wallet? Do I have my laptop? Do I have my charger? Do I have my phone charger? And you just go through the list and then you lose the, I hope I didn't forget anything. Buzz, you know, a a list is a crutch. It's kind of like decide once. It really makes your life easier and you don't have to, you leave out the wondering. It's just there. If it's on the list, it's there. Amy, let's talk about the role of snacks in our lives. This is something a lot of people have figured out, the importance of snacks. Stephanie says snacks, lots of snacks. That's what she's figured out. Another, a different Stephanie, I now have Amazon automatically deliver snacks in bulk every month. Healthy snacking is preferable, but we have figured out a long time ago on the podcast that angry kids make no one's life better. Hangry kids. Hangry. Kids who are hungry get angry and that makes everyone unhappy. I have tried to be more disciplined and I will say I have narrowed down to some snacks that I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to have healthy array of rainbow snacks available at the end of school. And I have gotten busier with my work. We don't have anyone helping us because of COVID. And I have gotten to the point where like, what is a high protein snack that I can offer my kids at the end of the day that they will eat? And if that is fruit and peanut butter Ritz bits, that's better than no snack. That's right. Because I'm trying not to get into my husband's problem of like, since I can't do Polynesian, you know, make your own one pot bar at the end of school, they won't have a snack. No, it's much better to give them a, you know, vacuum sealed little single serve from Costco thing of Ritz bits than it is to give them no snack at all. Yes. Right. And we can have different rules for what our kids need, the calorie dense. I need this for my high schoolers when they get out of their sports practice at 6 p.m. and have to come home for dinner still. They're beside themselves. I was just talking to my husband, like, find me, because he likes to work out and stuff, like, find me the most calorie dense, we like weightlifter protein Mega Man bar, like, right, find the biggest one you have, and we're just going to buy a box of them, and they're always going to have a couple of them in their bag, and then then you're done. And I find for my guy who does a late-night gymnastics practice, he's got to eat it beforehand, too, because by the time he gets home, he's crying. I'm not even hungry. Like, he's got to... <laughs> just gone. Yeah. Part of it is, like, figure out when your kids get hangry and be ready with whatever works. I saw something. This is a figured something out that we talked about like almost a year ago. And I wanted to say it again because I thought it was so good. It was for little kids in terms of sort of getting through like another day of giving little kids what they need. It was four things that they needed to do. It was, did they talk to somebody? Did they play independently? Did they make art? And did they go outside? And if they did those four things, good day, preschooler. Good day, 18-year-old too, I'm going to say. Yeah. Good day, mom. Yeah. (laughs) Good day, mom. I don't even think there's an expiration date on that advice. Like, that's great. Yeah. 
and that take the pressure off that doesn't involve that. And for all of the people, Megan, Ashley, Steph, Mandy, Abigail, who said you wish you had more figured out, you've got nothing figured out. The only thing you've got figured out is therapy and Zoloft, (laughs) whatever you've figured out. First of all, you've figured out it's not nothing. You've got more figured out than you think. And you know, you're doing fine. Everybody's doing great. And hopefully, we're here to help you figure out some of the missing things. I loved talking about this. I figured some stuff out today. It was fun. I figured some things out. Have you subscribed to us on YouTube yet? Go to YouTube and just search for What Fresh Hell Podcast. We all our hilarious videos there in one place. We would love you guys to subscribe. Would you please subscribe to us on YouTube? Because my 10-year-old is obsessed with how many YouTube subscribers <laughs> we have, and he does not think we have enough. It's okay. It's medium. Yeah. And then he's going to start a spinoff channel. He's like, Mom, would you let your people know to follow me on YouTube? I'm like, listen, I'm having enough trouble getting my people <laughs> right. to follow me on YouTube. Please. That's right. Come follow us on YouTube and get me out of the doghouse with my kids, guys. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. So long. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.